Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. International News Review. Welcome back to Money FM Weekend Mornings. Now, the U.S. president has agreed in principle to the sale of the U.S. company that controls TikTok. And Oracle will uh, take that over, apparently uh, donating $5 billion to a Texas educational fund, which was part of what the president had hoped for, that the U.S. government would get some money in return for brokering such a deal. Joining us now to discuss this in depth, uh, Steve Oaken, the senior advisor at McClarty Associates, and Don Pierce, former special agent uh, for the U.S. Department of Commerce based in Washington, D.C. Gentlemen, uh, welcome to Weekend Mornings. Good morning, GBZ. Good to see you. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Hey, Don. Great to see you as well. Don, let's start off with you. Uh, from the perspective, what are you seeing? First of all, how unusual is this <laughs> is this situation uh, where the U.S. government's getting involved in a, in a private company based on security reasons, uh, as they say, and then trying to broker the sale of it? Uh, puts, give us some perspective from your years at the Commerce, uh, Department of Commerce. Uh, I think it's safe to say that on a scale of uh, zero to 10, with uh, zero being business as usual and 10 being completely unusual, we're at about 72. <laughs> okay. I, think that's, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. I mean, first of all, it's such an interesting development that we had tonight at the last minute that really basically takes uh, TikTok, it gives them another seven days technically, but probably longer than that. Because I can't see that this deal is going to fail if it's already been put out there that the president likes it. Not such good news for WeChat, though, unless I guess they want to pony up a $5 billion fund for something. Yeah, so there's a, a temporary delay on, originally it was supposed to be Sunday night. You could no longer download TikTok in the U.S., the same with, with WeChat. Now, apparently that's been delayed, right, for TikTok only? Is that the way we understand it? That's correct. Yeah, so uh, there still is going to be a challenge uh, for uh, WeChat as well. And that's about, I believe, what, 100 million subscribers for TikTok in the U.S. from what I was able to last read. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, something like that. Now, Steve, uh, Steve Oaken, as you're on this side of the world, of course, and we're looking at this uh, from the impact that that we're seeing toward U.S.-China relations. Now, apparently, China would have to uh, approve a deal between Oracle and the new U.S. entity for TikTok were it to go through. What is this? What is this latest wrinkle doing in the U.S.-China relationship, from your perspective? Well, from the business community perspective, what's what's so infuriating is that when the Trump administration has a point to make, they blow it up by doing what they're doing right now. There are legitimate concerns that the U.S. government has laid out about national security. There are legitimate concerns the U.S. government has about reciprocity, where you know we, you know, WhatsApp's not allowed in the, in China, so why should WeChat be allowed in the U.S.? All all legitimate concerns. But when you start conflating national security by saying, well, we're going to let you in, but only if you pay $5 billion to this educational fund, then you're now mixing national security and economic interests and business. And that's where businesses don't know where the lines are going to be drawn. And if the U.S. can do that, then China can do that. Hmm. And now as business, what you want are clear set rules so you can follow them. And we don't have that with this decision that the Trump administration has laid out right now, which I should note that that neither Oracle 
nor any other party said that they were going to pay this $5 billion. So I think it's premature to say this is going to be a done deal. There's still a long way to go. Talking with Steve Oaken, a senior advisor at McClarty Associates, and Don Pierce, a retired special agent uh, at the U.S. Department of Commerce Bureau of Industry and Security. And Don, the long and often talked about security challenge that TikTok uh, has uh, allegedly been to the U.S., it, in your years of looking at different businesses across the spectrum, does this argument uh, hold water in terms of, is it really that important that a, a social app like this may or may not have security compromises to it, to the level that it has been escalated as a, a bilateral challenge between the U.S. and Beijing? So let's talk TikTok first. Aside from the risk of, you know, teenage dancers uh, having their moves betrayed. <laughs> I don't see a huge security problem here. The problems do become algorithmic. If you could use the algorithm to figure out what somebody wants to watch, you might be able to use the algorithm to figure out other things about that person's lifestyle or that user's lifestyle. So is there a risk there? Yeah, possibly. I think the risks on WeChat are probably a little bit greater because you're talking about uh, more personal one-to-one -one communications where if they were to be intercepted, it might foster some, uh, some, some feelings against uh, governments or maybe somebody's talking about something that they probably shouldn't be talking about on, on the internet. <laughs> and that, in that information can be utilized later, either in some kind of uh, compromise position or for some type of some type of economic espionage. So are the threats there? Yeah, but they're no different than any other threats to operational security for companies. Um, and and, and John, know, would, would it have made more sense just, for, for example, the U.S. government to say any government employee cannot use TikTok or WeChat because we don't want that kind of compromise? It, would that have been a more, in, in, in days gone by, would that have been the way that something like this might have been handled? Yeah, I think you've got a very similar situation to what you had with some of the fitness apps that were being used by deployed personnel overseas at military installations, where you were able to figure out just when people were running because they were sharing that information uh -huh. and those little geo tracks around the fence lines of places. Um, that's a that's a concern for somebody who's uh, you know, trying to keep, let's say, a lower profile on a, on a particular installation. This is all operational security risk that really can be mitigated at the user level by things by saying, look, don't put that on your phone. The, the people who are going to be really impacted by this are the people who don't have an operational security risk, you know, obviously our dancing teenager friends. But um, <laughs> with the WeChat side, it's more about the family members and friends that are connecting through a, 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 an app that is authorized to be used in both China and the United States until tonight. You will be able to use it. It's not like the FBI is going to kick in your door if you still have it on your phone. But the risk here now becomes more so than just economic espionage, because without being able to update and without being able to use servers in the United States, there's probably a risk that those uh, that there could be compromises for cybersecurity purposes. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, an unpatched app may have a, uh, a zero-day uh, uh, vector that would allow somebody to get into the, into the device and do what they will. So it could actually be more dangerous to not allow the updates than to currently allow the updates. <laughs> That's what I'd be worried about, yes. Yeah. And Steve Oaken. Yeah, and uh, I just, yeah go ahead, Steve. 
Sure. I was going to say, and, and what the you know U.S. government found when they when they announced the these bans was they said that both you know WeChat and TikTok were active participants in China's civil military fusion and subject to mandatory cooperation with the intelligence services of the Chinese Communist Party. So you either fix that or you don't. That's true or that's not true. And that the U.S. government is not doing that, and and that's what is going to be frustrating about this. And, you know, the U.S. government has also said that they're not going to hold individuals liable civilly or criminally. So I have WeChat. I use my WeChat app. I got it, you know, on the U.S. app store. So I can down, you know, do I delete it and get it from a different app store? Um, But I'm an American, but I'm not in the U.S. So it seems Mm -hmm. that it's not going to apply to many of us who live in Singapore. But if I'm not getting those updates, uh, as you know, as you both were talking about, that could make it my phone more compromised than it would have been otherwise. So either allow it, don't allow it, or find, you know, find a way to fix it. And again, it's the retaliation that, that you're concerned about, because now China has its own unreliable entities list that they haven't named anybody to yet. What's to stop them from naming them to, in, in claims of reciprocity? And, and, and that's why this is opening up a can of worms not just for individuals, but for companies as well. Steve, what we just saw in the news uh, overnight was that this new company would be called TikTok Global, uh, that apparently, uh, if it goes through, Oracle would be behind. They would set up shop in Texas, uh, creating what they said would be 26,000 jobs, and they would have to contribute $5 billion to a uh, an educational fund, which was not named... <laughs> I don't even know where to start with unpacking all that, but but maybe you can. <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in that whole process, is there not? <laughs> there is, and this is the point that the business community, you know, is is very concerned about with the regards to the U.S. government. You're either allowed to operate there or you're not. Hmm. You can't be saying, "Well, we'll give you a business license if you pay us five billion dollars and put it into this charitable fund." I mean, that's what you see in The Godfather. That's what you see, you know, in, 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 in syndicated crime families. You don't see that out of the U.S. government. You're allowed to enter or you're not allowed to enter. And Don't. that's what's going to start to happen uh, in other countries, too. And then the U.S. government has no room to stand on. So it's very concerning, this this $5 billion fund. Yeah, Don Pierce, your decades at the Department of Commerce, uh, is it is it at all common for the government to want a, a finder's fee for, for putting together a business deal? <laughs> Uh, especially a five um, billion said, dollar business. Five billion dollars. I think thing. I can. I think I can push that number up into the eighties easily. Um, there's, there's really no precedent for this, as far as I know. I can't think of any similar situation. And uh, frankly, I think it's interesting because there's this this disconnect between what you might see as you know something something good. I mean, we don't know enough about what this fund is. It could be fantastic. You know, it could be one of these game changers that allows for people that have maybe been affected by COVID or affected by the, 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 you know, the, the current situation to find a new, find new jobs, get trained up in, in new, and that, that's fantastic if that's the, if that's the case. But as with everything else with this, you know, from, from the get-go, it doesn't seem like anybody has a releasable plan as to how they're going to do this. Or how are they going to enforce it? You know, who is going to be responsible for ensuring that the app stores aren't doing this? 
Um, who's going to be, you know, is there going to be an issue if someone jailbreaks their phone and loads the foreign version of uh, WeChat? Is that going to be something that's a problem? Now, right now, they've been saying that um, WeChat users are safe from prosecution. That, that, that that's not the intent of this. Uh, but the but the problem here is, if you do jailbreak that phone and you do put an app on there that doesn't have the proper security uh, uh, apparatus attached, you're just you're making yourself a bigger target, and you're making a network of targets um, automatically. So I, I don't think a lot of this stuff has been thought through. Now, in the in the past, Don, the you know if if there was a deal or some regulation happening, the regulations would be written out, they'd be vetted, they'd be you know double checked and crossed and sent through the legal departments and all that, and then those like you say what the the process would be known in advance, right? Not just saying we're going to start a fund and put five billion in it, and then figure out what to do with that five billion later. Is that is that the way I understand it? Yeah, I have always said that my favorite part of the uh, decision making process in the Bureau of Industry and Security was its reliability, its reliance on the public comment periods, mm. where you roll out what you plan on doing. And you get industry and the general public to come in and tell you if it's a good idea. Um, quite a few regulations have gone through several iterations because of the comments that came back. Sure. Because it was obvious we, we don't want to have a regulation that can't be followed or if it's imposed does damage or, on the other hand, is not effective and you know becomes just window dressing. And the only way to get in that in that groove of effective regulatory uh, uh, responses to, to problems is to have the opinions of the people who are closest to the problem and who can tell you what's going to help and what's going to hurt. And uh, I, it doesn't seem like that's being taken care of in, in these uh yeah. These quick changing uh, regula- regulatory well, and, issues. And Steve Oaken, that goes back you know, to your I, point about business yeah. doesn't know what to expect next, right? Right. And look, the U.S. Had, you used to have a very clear process for this. It's called the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S., or CFIUS. And if you were going to have a foreign transaction in the U.S., it would be presented to this committee, and then they would review it as to whether or not this is a there were security concerns or otherwise um, to allow this investment. And that's been blown up. And now the committee on, on you know, the CFIUS is basically one person, and it's President Trump. And President Trump says, I like it or I don't. And you don't know why he likes it or why he doesn't like it. And we're we're shifting into something what you know of rule of law where there were clear laws and you would you would follow them to rule by law where the president says i can use my authority to do whatever i want and that is what is really troubling about this instance and it's about using national security as a a way um to cut business deals it shouldn't be done this way so is that is that basically the the bottom line as to why the president is able to do this, given the fact that there are so many laws and procedures already in place across the U.S. government for many decades? Um, Don Pierce, is it because he's using the national security basket uh, threat um, that he is able to unilaterally make these decisions? Uh, yeah, it goes back to the International Economic Emergency Powers Act, or IEPA, as we like to call it, yeah, right. which... I'm very fond of because for several years, the Export Administration regulations were kept alive by IEPA because the Congress could not decide on how to word a new bill. So IEPA, when when 
properly applied is an, a useful tool that allows the executive branch of the government to make sure that it has the tools it needs while it waits for the legislative branch to catch up. Um, that isn't really what's happening here. Mm. It's, it, it, the, IEPA, the key word in IEPA is emergency. And mm. this is supposed to be used by the president where there is an emergency and it is going to impact national security. It is very hard to argue that TikTok, which has been operating for however long it's been operating, is an emergency situation. You, there is a process you should be following for non-emergency situations when it comes to national security. And that's the issue that, that we're, we're ignoring all precedent. The president is saying, I have unlimited authority when I because I can declare anything a national emergency and therefore I then have unlimited authority. And that's the, the, the rabbit hole we go down right now. Yeah, it, there there has been a, a lot of talk. Of course, many many people on on TikTok, on WeChat in the U.S. are just saying, "Eh, no big deal. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing." You got people with you know hundreds of thousands, millions of viewers on these platforms, and they they have uh, across the different chat boards that I've seen have said, "Eh, no big deal. Either we'll stay on it or we'll go to a different platform. It doesn't really matter to us." So it doesn't seem to be having a great deal of scare value <laughs> to uh, people who are actually using the app right now uh, from from what I've been able to see in the U.S. Uh, Don, have you had any uh, sort of uh, insight into that? Um, I'm not really a TikTok guy. <laughs> but, oh, come on. I've um, seen some I of those have, dance moves. <laughs> but I have had a uh, constant stream of questions from my 11-year-old son, <laughs> which tells you the, the depth and breadth of this situation. You, you know, we, we, we're here sitting talking about this, you know, as, as, you know, just another app Mm. to some people, this app is central to their entertainment. It's, and it's something that, that connects them to other people, you know, showing my age here. uh, If you remember back in the days of MySpace, um, (laughs) while it wasn't threatened, you know, because of a national security issue, there were many questions about the uh, use of pirated music on that site. Sure, sure. And, you know, and it's, it, you know, did it did it lead to the fact that people walked away? You know, did the did that um, controversy make it harder to stay on that platform? I you know, I'm not sure, but I could certainly think that it didn't help. So does does you know? Not that I think that TikTok's going to go the weight of MySpace immediately, but should there be degradations in service? Uh, should it not be as cool as it used to be because right. of the way it's being run? You know, maybe it does become a risk. Uh, again, that's a business issue, though. Yep. But it, but the other thing to think about, though, is TikTok spends I don't know, millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising on, to, with U.S. companies. That all goes away if they can't mm-hmm. advertise. So yeah. it's a huge impact to, to businesses. It's a huge impact if you are now going to be driving customers, if not right away, to other, you know, other platforms, non-U.S. platforms. So non-U.S. companies benefit from this as opposed to, to U.S. companies, which are hosting them right now in terms of apps or in terms of, of service providers. And then again, if, you know, nine in 10 American companies, you know, AmCham Shanghai members, so American Chamber of Commerce in Shanghai, they said they will be dramatically impacted if, if they can't use WeChat as a U.S. company mm-hmm. in China. So there's lots of impacts, not just to the 
to, to you know, don our kids who are, you know, who, who will just go somewhere else. That's the problem. They will go somewhere else eventually, and they're not going to be to American companies. Well, lots to unpack and keep unpacking. And of course, probably next week, everything will completely change again, uh, which means we'll get to have you on all over again and discuss what the latest, uh, what the latest move is. But in the meantime, thanks to Steve Oaken and to Don Pierce for joining us uh, on this, talking about uh, TikTok and WeChat and a fascinating uh, case study in governance, I would say. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.